The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. What's up, everybody? It's Tom Schwartz coming at you live from Bubba de Casa. And you know what? I'm not going to be my usual demure self. I'm not going to say you're going to like me. I'm going to go ahead and say you're going to fucking love me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm guest hosting today with my lovely wife, Katie (laughs) Maloney. Um, A lot of pressure. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I appreciate it. As I like to say, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. And uh, yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff we're going to talk about today. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm, I somehow convinced Tom to host. Yeah. Never let anyone else host, but I'm excited to see what you got planned for the episode today. Yeah. I'm, I'm drunk with power. <laughs> Before we dive in, I just want to say, I was skeptical about Alexa. We have this new Amazon Alexa and I've sort of fallen in love. I'm in my honeymoon phase with Alexa first thing I do in the morning is I come down, I make my latte, maybe grab like a matcha, whatever. And I ask Alexa in a sensual voice, just like this. I'm like, Alexa, how you doing, baby? What's the word of the day? <laughs> the word of the day. And she's like, well, today she said, the word of the day is coalesce. And I was like, mm, mm. you know what? That's apt. Because I feel like after a very strange year of whatever you want to call it, very strange year, languishing, angst, some That's a very pretty word too, lows. by the way. Yeah, I just, I feel like things are sort of slowly starting to coalesce. What does coalesce mean? Just like come together. Things mm-hmm. are coming together, all the different, slowly. Things are coalescing. I don't want to use the B word. It's a little, it's kind of cliche when people use it. B word? Which B word are we talking <sighs> I'm about? I'm kind of busy. Oh. <laughs> I, I haven't been busy in over... You are busy. I'm a busy. You are a busy bee. But everybody's baby. busy. Everyone's busy. You're it's a just, busy bubba. You know, I was just, I was reading this article. You don't, you don't say you're busy. People interpret that as like, you know, you don't have time for them. They take it personally. You let them know what you're up to. You know what I mean? Like you tell them specifically what you have going on or you take a rain check. I got things. Yeah. I'm moving and I'm shaking. Um, a little bit. If I have one thing to do that day, I consider that busy. So, so when I say I'm busy, take that very lightly. <laughs> I don't know. I'm hyper aware of saying I'm busy. By the way, it's a great luxury to be busy. I'm grateful to be busy. If you're listening right now, I hope you're busy AF. Yeah. I mean, but in comparison to the this last year, I mean... It's all relative. Yeah, it is relative. Another thing, like... For maybe the third time since I've known you, you randomly started watching <laughs> The OC again. Yeah. Why does that like baffle you? I love it because <laughs> it's a world-class television show and it makes me nostalgic <laughs> for early 2000s yeah. culture. It's like perfectly captured the zeitgeist of the early 2000s. And I don't know, it's very near and dear to us. I don't think people realize how important The OC is in our lives. Without The OC... Vanderpump Rules doesn't exist. Do people realize this? 
Because what do you mean? Like the OC. I mean, first of all, go back and watch it again if you oh, haven't. Are you are you doing like a six degrees thing right well, now? We've talked about okay. this. I think on yeah, this podcast yeah. before. Me and you riff about this all the time, and it's true because like, like the OC. It sort of introduced people to Orange County, County. culture, mm-hmm. to Southern California, Newport Beach lifestyles, and like that sort of inspired the Hills. No, inspired Laguna Beach. What inspired Laguna Beach, which inspired the Hills, which inspired the Housewives of Orange, Orange County, County, which led to the franchise, which led to, yeah, Vanderpump Pump. Rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look it up. I know. I was watching the the show that Andy Cohen's doing, the the one that's like kind of talking about the history of reality, the history TV. of reality yeah. TV, and they were talking about filming Laguna Beach and how they, you know, they were kind of talking about the moms. And how like they were like the moms were like kind of an interesting part of all of that. And they're like, what if we just like did a show about the moms? But then they were talking about like they had this idea to to do a sort of like show about the suburban moms of like Newport and that yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Today I plan on talking about gigs, first jobs and um, well, we'll get to it. But you you had aspirations to be a music supervisor mm-hmm. for a long time. I did. Hence the name Music, music Kills, kills Kate. Kate. Yeah. Yeah. People always ask like, what's up with the candle? That's where that came from. I had a music sort of vlog on YouTube where I like would interview bands <laughs> and do like music mashups, like songs of the week that I was listening to or I was excited about. Like they're still out there. They're not embarrassing. I'm actually proud of them. I edited myself and everything. I wanted to be an MTV VJ badly. I feel like at some point, a lot of people were like, I want to be an MTV VJ. I wanted to be at the most. Every day I ran home and watched TRL. We didn't have MTV, but I had bunny ears on a TV and I got that shit. It was staticky and everything. Really? Eventually we got it, but you, you know. You, but- wa- you watched TRL like I watched porn as a young man. <laughs> just God. waiting for Carson Daly to come in clearly for just a second. TRL was my porn. <laughs> Lance Bass. Oh my God, that's Justin Timberlake. Look at him. He's so fabulous. Wavy. And then he just disappears. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I love TRL. I, I mean, I'm like, I'm very, very nostalgic about it. Like, especially the days where I got to stay home sick. I wasn't feeling well, laying in the couch. Once again, bye, bye, bye is at the number one spot. Thanks for staying with me on this. But I got like nostalgic hearing that song. And I started thinking about everything that happened leading up to me moving out here, resigning from my gig as, you know, I worked for a distributor in North Florida after college. It was a good job, but I, you know, I put in my two weeks, met San- Tom Sandoval on Craigslist and the rest is um, history. But it got me thinking about just how many jobs we both, we both worked a lot of gigs. Yes. Yeah. I had gigs, but I worked at like a lot of restaurants mostly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was always restaurant shy. I worked. We you know. know. I worked, I worked <laughs> we at, know. Yeah. You, you saw my meltdown at Pump. Yeah. I worked at the Doubletree and uh, in college. It's great. What was your first job in LA and how much money did you come here with? I know you came here in a, in a terrible, awful white Ford focus. Okay. Well, your Honda Civic smell like yogurt. So that's uh, because I had, we'll get there. You were much better off than I am. We, we hate on my Ford Focus. I just focus. never liked the, the sedan Ford Focus. Sorry. To, so how much money did you have saved? I don't remember. That's a good question, but definitely not enough. Because before I moved here, I was working at the Baja Cantina, my mom's restaurant. And also I'd worked at like a retail shop. 
I always had like two jobs because yeah. you need two jobs. You do. Yeah. You're a hard worker. You can never work. You know, there's never enough shifts and there was never enough money. But when I moved out here, I had, cause I had had a, a job working for, with a fashion wardrobe stylist. You were an assistant? Yeah. An assistant. Assisting jobs are the worst, but they also like you learn the most and it is the best like test of like character they build you up and they make you really strong. I will tell you that much. Yes. They, they will like, put you to the test. They will. I mean, I cried so much. And because I was also like her personal assistant. So I did a lot of like personal stuff. So it just depended on what was happening that week. I mean, it was nonstop showrooms, PR places. This I was running around LA. I just moved to LA. I had been here like a couple times, was living on my brother's couch. I was working eight days a week. I had no time for anything, but you know, I wanted to move out here cause I wanted to be an actress. And I was like, this is like the, my chance. This is going to like get my ass out there. Exactly. And by the way, spoiler alert, that's pretty much one of the morals of today's episode, you know, working these type of gig jobs that are terrible, aren't so bad when you're pursuing something you love. Except I didn't have time to pursue any. I couldn't take an acting class. I couldn't get headshots. Definitely wasn't going on an audition. Are you kidding me? I barely had time to take a poop yeah, or eat. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Totally. And, and the same thing happened to me. We share similar plights when we first arrived in LA because, you know, you have to, you have to fight for every single gig, every single job. You're just barely getting by. You're barely able to pay rent. And all of a sudden a year or two has gone by and you're like, oh my God, I've like barely made any progress in my pursuit of acting. Like I haven't established a great agent. My headshots are whack. Like I, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's very easy to get lost in the sauce while, you know, just trying to keep your head above water. Pardon the interruption. We're going to take a little bit of a pause right now. So sometimes I do not have, I don't know about you, but I don't have the energy or time, actually mostly just the energy to cook, especially something healthy. Me, you got to run the errands. Me, you got the kids, the pets for me. You got to walk the dogs. Then you got to come in. Then you got to change the load of laundry. You know how this goes. And I don't feel great about ordering every single meal takeout, but this is all changed now that I found Daily Harvest, which I am obsessed with it. You should see my freezer, honestly. But Daily Harvest delivers delicious food, all built on organic fruits and vegetables right to your door. And it takes literally minutes to prepare. And I never have to think twice if the food I'm eating is good for me because Daily Harvest is also ready when you are. Everything stays fresh in your freezer until you're ready to enjoy it. So you also waste less food too, which I love that. We all should be trying to do that. You don't need to overthink your meals for the week with Daily Harvest. You can have a smoothie for breakfast, maybe one of their flatbreads for lunch and a harvest bowl for, for dinner. And guess what? For dessert, they have ice cream and it's so, so delicious. And Daily Harvest never uses preservatives, added sugar or artificial anything, including their recently launched almond milk, which is made of only almonds and a dash of sea salt. That's it. And this is super convenient because I'm always stocked up on almond milk for my smoothies. I hate when I go to make a smoothie and I'm out of almond milk and I never have to worry about it. So get started today. Go to dailyharvest.com, enter promo code LOVEME to get $25 off your first 
box. That's promo code love me for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. It's dailyharvest.com. Love me. All right. Back to the episode. In a study by Esquire, 54% of women said they'd rather be hit by a car than considered fat. If I'm being honest, I've been those women. So for me, this isn't just a podcast, it's personal. I'm Danielle Robey, TV host and journalist, and years of celebrity interviewing taught me that beauty isn't about what you look like, it's about who you become. Each week, I'm having thought-provoking conversations, digging into the stories of people who put a new spin on pretty. From entrepreneurs and authors to politicians and celebrities, no topic is off limits. So join me every Thursday for a new episode to feel pretty inspired, pretty seen, and best of all, pretty smart. I worked two of, of events with 200 Proof with Boney. I didn't bartend. I had to like pass appetizers. Sometimes they were like events where they would, it was a particular like kind of theme. I think it was like an SB after party for SB Awards. And they wanted us to dress in a sort of costume. And we had to wear this like fishnet thing over our head with like a headdress thing. I mean, it was, it was like, humiliating yeah it was like very dehumanizing like i felt like i I was walking like peacock it was just like it was embarrassing that was a reoccurring theme for the first three years i was here embarrassing dehumanizing but worth it it was not worth it the money was shit it wasn't bad you were a bartender you made tips i made like just whatever was the going rate for the night for whatever they were paying as girls. For anybody who's listening has never catered or, or dabbled in this world, I'll, I'll tell you this, tray passing is the worst of well, the I worst. I don't think we're doing a good job of like explaining, okay, these events for the after parties, whether it's like a movie premiere after a party, an award show after a party, the, the, these Hollywood type event parties, they hire a company that has a staff Yes, for people to go around the party and hand out bite-sized food or the bartenders to make drinks. Like we worked for these companies that would staff these events. Yeah. And it was, it, and was, it was cool. You would see some fun, crazy people there, but it was like, it was really, humiliating. I mean, it was, it, here's the, we were always grateful for the money. I'd say worst case you were making 20, $25 an hour which is pretty decent. And also, you know, it's bittersweet because you're out here and you're chasing dreams and you're so close yet you're so far away. You're like, oh my God, Mila Kunis is right there. I've arrived, but also you've made so little progress. You're so far away and it was bittersweet, but it was fun. Like I remember the first job, the first, I did a lot of private bartending jobs. Those are great. Those are like my bread and butter for the first six months I was here. And the first one I ever worked was with Jax Taylor, shout out Jax. And we went up and we did a bartender, a private party for him, Benny Medina. Um, he was actually the inspiration for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And, you know, he's managed J-Lo, Usher. He was huge, but he was super cool. And I remember the rate was $250. And I was so stoked, so grateful to have that job. And, you know, I'm, I'll never forget like the first time I was back there and I was ready to make drinks, somebody like I, I studied all the drinks before I came out here, even though I had never bartended in my life, I had served and everything. I was like, how hard can it be? And someone asked me to make a Cosmo and I froze <laughs> and I had a complete mental lapse. I won't say brain fart. Cause I hate that term. I had to like use my phone, Google it, got it down. They watched me make it with this like puzzled look on their face. I'll never forget the judgment, the judgmental eyes but eventually I knocked it out and he's like, eh, not bad. 
And that was the first <laughs> drink I ever made in LA. A Cosmo. My favorite kind of gigging always and forever would be doing background work. If you're out here pursuing acting, you may as well be working in actually the industry that you want to do. You may not be actually like the, you know, actor in the scene, but at least you're, you know. I want to talk about background acting. It's a fascinating world. It is. And it's another, it's another example of being so close yet so far away. You know what I mean? It's because it's, it's again, bittersweet. Maybe that's a reoccurring theme today. And also, you know, we'll talk, we're going to talk about background acting. It, it's hard to make progress in your career while you're on set all day. Cause usually if you're a background actor, let's say for instance, well, when I first started non-union was $64, you were always there for at least eight hours, usually yeah, 10, 12. Not good. It's not great. But like, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, do you remember your first background job in LA? Yeah. My first background job in LA was he's just not that into you. And this set a bad precedent for the rest of it because I, I got a good gig this time. I got there. I didn't realize that like there's people that do background work together often because you can get with like these sort of like agencies that yes. will put you on background work. It gets clicky a little bit. And it gets clicky and people know each other. And I was like so confused. I was like, why do people all know each other? This is so weird. So I was just like hanging out by myself and one of the ADs was just kind of there. So I started like talking to him and he was like really nice. And so it's just a lot of sitting around and waiting, sitting around and waiting, but there's like snacks and you can hang out and sit on your phone, which is like kind of nice. Yeah, I you're do not that working at, hard, but I it's do that at home any, Yeah. But I just sit at home on my phone anyway. Like why not just sit somewhere else and get paid and be on a set. And it's also, fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so that, so then when the, like, it was like a, a scene at a club supposedly. So then it was time. And then what they do is when they come and they start setting up the scene. So they start placing the background actors in the background, as you guessed it. And so he's like, all right, come with me. And he starts bringing me through like the set. And then he brings me all the way up into the front, like right in front of the cameras. And I'm like, holy shit. And he's like, all right. How so nervous were you? Was your heart, your heart rate, your heart rate definitely elevated. Yeah. I was so excited. And I was looking at everyone else. I was like, ah. Bitches, none of you would talk to me. Fuck y'all. For people, yeah, <laughs> like for no people one listening, be, be, like this is this is referred to as being a featured, featured extra, extra, and it might not sound like a big deal. And you're you like, listen, how, how hard can it be? But when that camera's on you, that hundred and fifty thousand dollar camera, mm. and it, you know, rolling. Yep. Eddie. And this is this is when background work actually might advance your career. You never know. So then, yeah. So then he's like, all right, so what's going to happen is like these two actors are going to come in. One of them is crying. She's your friend. Her boyfriend just broke up with her. So you just console her and tell her like, fuck him, like whatever, da, da, da. And so that's what happened. And we did it like a few times. And I had known like, if you maybe say something and you, you get some lines in there and they're using it, then you get even more money. That's and, a ballsy move. Yeah. And so, I mean, I did it like this is acting. You got to be in the moment. So I said they didn't end up like using any of my lines, but I did get a pay bump still because I was featured. So Check was it nice. out, by the way. He's just not that into you. Heavily featured. Your empathetic, your empathetic mm -hmm. nod my is 
Oh my God. It's Oscar worthy. I know. One of the best I've it ever so, seen. Yeah. It's only in the first two minutes. So you guys go back and watch it. You'll <laughs> see her. That is a feature. That was my extra. first background gig in LA. And then you were spoiled. And then none of them like that. But, but it was really great when you could get a like regular, like background gigging. Like I worked on that TV show numbers, like all the time. So I got to know like a lot of like the, the crew on that. So like, that was kind of like fun to do because you work with a lot of the same people, a lot of the same background actors a lot of the time. So that was a lot of fun. If they like you, by the way, they bring you back. Yeah. So, and, and, and you know, I don't, I don't know if you ever, did you ever join the union screen actors guild? No. Mm -mm. Yeah. Well, eventually, see, I worked my way up. I hustled my way up. I, I eventually joined AFTRA and then, you know, SAG and AFTRA merged. And once you get to the union background jobs, that's a whole new world. You know, now we're talking 160 a day for your day rate. You know, that's more than double what I was making before. And more than $65. You're eating better food. You're schmoozing, you know, um, and there's lifers who do this, by the, by the way, it, like, this is a great gig. I'm not, I'm not coming I'm, I'm not talking down on background acting. It's great. There's people who do it, who are also writers or they have other jobs. That a lot they, of people who are like retired. Yes. Like, yes. But like wanted to do something with their days would do it. So maybe if you're listening and you're just like, like you just, you're someone who's like been struggling, you have no direction. You don't know what you want to do, but you somehow want to be involved in the entertainment industry, but you're not like, you have no desire to be an actor or a director, but you just want to be a part of it. Check out background acting because if you really work your way up, the penultimate is commercial background acting. And I'm not going to lie, I made it to the top of the, the, the commercial background acting world. And, you know, it's like the holy grail, in my opinion. I'm sure there's better because you're, so your base rate as a, a union member, when I did it, now it's like 380, but when I did it, it was about $350 for eight hours which is great. You're just hanging out, you're eating great food, you're meeting interesting people, you're schmoozing, you're networking and you're making good money and you almost always go overtime, you know? So say you work 10, 12 hours, you're making like four or five, 600 bucks for the day and you're meeting great people and you know, it's great money, but here's the thing. You're not advancing your career. You're not able to go on auditions, anything, print, commercial, so you're not, you're, you're moving sideways, but also you're making great money, but you know, we didn't move here to be background actors. No. Um, but I got to say, while I was doing it, I really, really savored it. I loved it. And like the ultimate, ultimate dream is to be a commercial background actor and get upgraded to a primary actor. Yeah. That's so where the money that is, is the dream. And like, I was on set with so many cool people and they would tell me stories, you know, so you get hired. As a commercial background actor, your rate's 350 bucks, eight hours. All of a sudden, they like your look. They're like, listen, could you step in right here? You're so commercially viable. You, you're so commercial. You don't even you don't even have to say <laughs> a line. But if you're featured, and sometimes they would give you a line, all of a sudden, your $350 day rate turns into five, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40,000 dollars when that Damn. commercial keeps airing. And you can, yeah, with residuals and everything, like one day on set being hired from a commercial background agency can turn out to be like a game changer for you. I don't think people understand like how much commercial actors make. It's insane. In the eighties, nineties. And like, I don't know what it's like now, but people bought houses off one commercial. Yeah. Google the taco, like yo quiero taco bell. Google that guy. I've listened to him on multiple podcasts. He's a great actor, but he bought, he said he bought like two houses from that campaign. The Jack in the Box guy who doesn't even show his face is yeah. like balling. Think about the progressive lady. Like yes. th that is like such a sweet gig. I loved it. I love 
being on set. I love acting. The only thing is I'm not a good actor. <laughs> you are. I'm not. And I took a lot of acting. I don't think people realize I took a lot of acting classes, comedy intensives. I took improv, improv, Im improv yeah. classes at Groundlings. Like I really put a lot of work into it. It's, it's tough. It is tough. Acting is hard. I know it's the easiest, hardest job. I know if you're listening right now, you're thinking you've watched a show and at one point in your life, like how hard can it be? And you're right to think that it's like, you know, as far as work goes, it's pretty easy, but like, it's hard when there's three different cameras on you. There's 50 people there's watching blocking, you. There's, you know, there, there's a lot. And also like, cause a lot of it's like reacting. And if, then if someone else isn't doing their job, yeah, then, you know, yeah. it's harder to do your job too. Yeah. You know, imagine yourself in a scene where you have a sex scene. Oh God. You and Daniel Day-Lewis, bub, have a sex scene. <laughs> Oh boy. But background is great. I mean, I, I could talk about background all day. Going back to what we were talking about first jobs. So one of my first private gigs, when you remember when Kate Hudson was dating um, A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez? I forgot about that, but yeah. Yeah, they were dating and um, his private chef hired me as to like be an assistant. She was so cool. And, you know, we were at Kate Hudson's house and she was having this big soiree, this big party. I think it was the holidays and you know, I was in the kitchen and it felt so cool. She was so nice, so gracious. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm in LA. I'm in Kate Hudson's <laughs> yeah, house. That would be really cool. All of a sudden, like, you know, I'm helping prep, helping like make, helping everything, anything, anywhere I can get in and help I'm doing. Um, kind of like a gopher, you know what I mean? Next thing you know, you know, the party's in full swing and like, you know, people are stumbling in and out of the kitchen, asking him like directions to the bathroom. All of a sudden Adam Sandler walks in and it's like, you know, this is a shock. Like a year ago, I'm on my couch fantasizing about living in LA, you know, by no means have I made it, but I'm in Kate Hudson's kitchen. Adam Sandler has just walked in. Then, you know, I'm like, oh man, like, you know, I'm super like, oh my God, so cool. Adam Sandler is one of my favorite people in the world, actors, comedian, musician. And then like, you know, 10 minutes later, Jason Statham walks in. He's like, hello. He's like, hey, mate, um, where's the bathroom? That was a terrible Jason Statham impression. But like, I mean, and then I, and at one point I'm like, Kurt Russell was there, like DiCaprio was there somewhere. And see, I don't think I'd be like starstruck if I saw like Leonardo DiCaprio. What? You take that back right now. I don't know because it's... Is there anybody more famous in the world? Yeah, but it's like, he's just so famous that it just, I don't know. I just don't know that I would be as starstruck. Leo Mania is still you know, it's because alive it's like, well. You know, it's like when people are just like so famous that it's like, they get to a point where it's like, they're almost like not real in a way anymore. Yeah, almost like a... Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. I like, I would get like starstruck over like housewives or like right now I'm watching the circle. So I might get starstruck over someone on the circle. <laughs> more than I would over like someone that's like quote unquote movie star A-list. Like those are the people I would get like starstruck over, over like, cause to me it's just the, the movie stars, they're like not attainable. They're not real in my mind. I don't know. Yeah. I get it. They're, all, they're just, like a character. They're yeah. almost like a cartoon. It was just like when I'm watching, I don't know. I think that's like kind of like with reality people. It's like, they're like real people and I'm watching them relating to them. And it's like, yeah, the barrier of entry them. is so much lower with us. You see me, you're not intimidated to go talk to Tom Schwartz. You're like, come here, bitch. I want a picture. <laughs> exactly. All right, get out of here. So it's like, that's what I get excited with. Like housewives. And I'm like, no, or maybe like rock stars, I probably would be like more starstruck, like probably for like musicians. You reminded me of this, this house I um, bartended, a private gig, a private party up in the hills one time. And, you know, 
I met so I saw so many cool people. You're just like name dropping. I know. I'm over sorry. Here. Is this wow. boring? I'm sorry. I'm, oh my god, this one time. It's not name. It's not like key, Bubba. It's not kitchen. like I was schmoozing with them. But this is interesting. You move out here. You're working every gig you could possibly get. You're desperate. You're barely getting by every month. This stuff's exciting. This one time when Rihanna and I were DMing each other. I was going to talk about Mark McGrath and how cool he was. I remember I bartended it for him one time and he like hung by the bar for like an hour. And every time I made him a drink, he would tip me 20 bucks. I thought that was, was John Hamm. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to stop talking about my <laughs> I'm teasing you. I like it. You're excited. It's no, cute. it was cool. Like, I'm, you know, like, listen, you dream about it. It's alluring. At some point, everyone like fantasizes about being in the, in the entertainment industry. And all of a sudden you're right next to that person. You can touch them. You can smell them. You can hear them. And it's I like, know, but then it's like suddenly you realize like they're just like a person as well. And I don't mean to just be like, oh, they're like, it's like not a big deal. Like, no, they're still like a fantastic, talented, like amazing person who's like, it's also just like really cool to sit and just be like, wow, like I'm just like sitting with this person. Like, that's what I like, do every night but, we go to bed. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Lady Gaga felt that way with her. Like when she was just like so sweet and cool and nice yeah. and just she like knew our names normal like lady gaga knew our names she kissed that, my ring oh my god <laughs> so cute so you moved here to be an actress mm -hmm. so let's talk about how far you went what was the peak of your acting career what was <laughs> what was the culmination of everything you worked so hard to you you saved money you moved from park city utah you slept on a couch when you first got here what was the culmination? I didn't get very far. It was like auditions, auditions, auditions. So you were able to secure a, a decent agent. It, by the way, getting an agent in LA is, is no, nothing. I had like a manager and I had like commercial agents. I never got like an a, getting an agent's really hard. In order to get an agent, you have to have credits, but in order to like get credits, you have to have an agent. It's like, it is. It's a catch 22. It, it is totally. a catch 22. So I was just trying to like build a reel. So I did, I did a ton of student projects, tons of student projects, tons of like independent stuff, ton of music videos. Music, by the way, music videos are super fun. So if you're, if you're wondering how much does a music video pay? Very little, like at best case scenario, you're probably making 500, $1,000 for the day. I never made more than 500 bucks. I think the first video I did was, was it Haley Reinhardt's video free? And maybe I made like... I, I could have been a dollar. I didn't care. I was so happy to be on set and be, and it felt like just getting a little closer to your dream. You know what I mean? Okay. Look up national product by all means. So this girl named Hannah Lux Davis, who now wins like all of the VMAs. But then I did like a web series called 2009, a true story. That's still out. That's really cool. And it's kind of actually like eerily relevant now. Like it's like very post-apocalyptic, but then I got my accident and I decided like, I don't want to do that shit no more. I still love acting and I would love to do more of it, but it just was hard. It's a grind. It wears on you. You're getting rejected on a daily basis. I didn't not mind the rejection. I just, I didn't like the uncertain future. I didn't like not being in control yeah. of like my future, not like being able thing. to like work really hard at something and just like never being able to like know that it was never going to go anywhere. Yeah. That's the thing. Pursuing the arts out here, you do have to sacrifice a lot of control and stability and uh, I had a lot of that before I moved out here and I don't regret it. And I savor all those crappy jobs that I worked on the way up. Not that I've made it by any means. I'm still working, but. Yeah. I just said, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to get an internship at a record label and like, just try to see like what working in the music industry would be like. 
And then while I do that, I'm going to get a job at a restaurant called Sir and just see what happens. And then I ended up getting on TV. <laughs> do you see it's you, do you see it's not linear, you know? Yeah. Take your shots and that's not to say, listen, I understand, you know, we got lucky, we moved out here. This is not some sort of survivorship bias. Who knows what would have happened? But like I moved out here to pursue acting and it was so awesome. I've had so many unique cool experiences, print jobs, commercials. Didn't have a ton of success, but eventually it led me to this. I guess what I'm trying to say is take your shot. I'm not saying quit your job and pack up your 2003 Honda Civic and drive west to pursue acting, but take your shots. Take your shots in life, you know? I agree. Yeah. I've been reminiscing about early on when we first moved to LA and just what a grind it was. It still is a grind, by the way, but by, again, no, by no means have we made it, but things are going okay. But in the beginning, I mean, I was just barely getting by, scraping I never had any idea when my next job was. So I was like, you know, constantly submitting jobs on Craigslist, every acting website there is. It's a fascinating world out here. It's a fascinating world. Fake it till you make it. That's, that is kind of like the golden rule. You just fake it till you make it. My first commercial I booked, well, it was for Pepsi. It was non-union and I was so stoked. Wait, I remember this. They paid us travel costs, but I drove. It was in Arizona. I drove out there and uh, I get on set and guess who was on set with me? I, wait, I remember this. Sheena. Sheena yeah. was on set. Yeah. Yeah. My first non-union job, serendipitously, <laughs> Sheena ended up being on set with me. We, we recognized each other through Sandoval, yeah. through Kristen. Like I had heard of Sheena. And so, you know, we were like, we're aware of each other and we were cool. We chatted. I remember we went in my car at one point and we like shared like a 32 ounce Smirnoff while we were on set. <laughs> and we, listen, we were, we were riding high when you're on <laughs> set working commercial, you are a happy human being. Mm -hmm. And it was super cool, you know, staying in a cool hotel in another city. Like I was doing it. I was working. Also when you're young and it's like, you're more carefree. It doesn't matter. I was so like, grateful. It's okay. I'm on set. It's like, you know what? $65 is all I'm making today. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I have like a quarter tank of gas in my car and 20 bucks in my bank account. Okay. Now I would literally be driving my car off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I loved it. I was, we were invincible back then. You know, I worked every, I never said no. I worked every single job that would come my way. And um, I remember I would submit jobs. Well, I had this little fake agency we called Dece Models and I would submit Jax and Sandoval on every single job I could find because they had great portfolios, but they were, they were in a slump when I lived with them, you know? They had had a lot of success prior, Miami, Chicago. Like they had worked and they had some success as models, but they were slumping. I submitted them and then they would give me a percentage. They would give me 20% if I booked them on a job. I booked Jax on a lot of stuff. Did you get your 20%? Yeah, he oh. always paid his 20%. And then we'd go out and celebrate. And, and you spend that 20%? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was gone the same night. Sorry if it's boring. I was just getting a little nostalgic. And it's cute. One of the biggest downfalls is people leave this town too soon. 
And some people just decide it's not for them. You know, they want to deal with I'm, it. I'm going to be honest. It's not for a lot of people. It's not for a lot it's of people. It's really not for a lot of people. You so stick, if you're going to do it though, you have to stick with it. It might take 10 years of booking nothing. And then all of a sudden you blow yeah. up. And but also that's the, a first, gamble. the first two years are really, really rough. I hated it. There is a sort of weeding process. I will say that. She's a little but. more jaded than me. I mean, it is it's true because I feel like a lot of people come here because they're, they're like, they're like, they were like told that they were like the prettiest or the hottest person. And then you should, you should really go to LA me an actor. You're so pretty. You're so handsome. Yeah. And then, and then people come out here and like, they realize like, oh, it's really like not like that. They're used to being a big fish in a small pond and they come out here and it's not like that. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, come out here, but like well, know Bubba, that it's, that it's tough. It's hyper competitive. Yeah. You see you're the, you're the hottest person person in your town, the most talented person in your town, all of a sudden you come out here, you go to your first casting, you go in there and it's like, oh my God, there's 40 people here. That all look like better, me. They look like me, but <laughs> slightly better looking and they're funnier and more talented. Yeah. At least that was my thought process, every <laughs> casting. But the thing is I was persistent. I kept going and kept going. Pretty soon I started getting callbacks. Then I started getting put on hold. Pretty soon I booked my first SAG commercial. I don't want to get into that because it's a sore subject. I'll never, let's just say I'll never fly Southwest again. They cut me out of my first SAG commercial I ever booked. To this date, I've not flown them and I never will again. All right, we got to wrap this up, honey. I love you. Okay. But we reached our 50 something minute mark. It was a little tangential, but and it was. We, yeah. I know, but we, we got to keep it at a 45 minute mark. And we're okay. at 50. I was trying to show you the minute mark. I told you to pull out your time thingy. Yeah. So yeah, um, what did we learn today? What did we learn today? Take your shot yes. and uh, it's shoot, not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be linear, but do it. Take the leap of faith. Should we end on an MJ quote? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Or was that Wayne Gretzky? I don't or was know. that Dwight from The Office? Or <laughs> <laughs> I meant Michael from The Office. Um, you guys, thanks for thanks for hanging with me. I appreciate it. I hope, I hope you guys had a good time. I wish we could do a little Q&A at the end and chat with you guys. I would love to hear your first job horror stories. I would love stories. to hear the questions you have after all of this. But Yeah. Thanks for chilling with us. Thank you, everyone. All right. Well, until next time. I love you, Baba. I love you. I love I'm... you. I love you, LA. I hate you, but I love you. And I love all of you for listening. Yeah. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, follow along on social at Music Kills Kate, and tune in next week for an all new episode. 